0: to the snake bird podcast my name's josh and i'm steve together we invite you to join us as we
1: explore the mysteries of scripture the realm of god and freedom through christ so spread out your wings and slither in place because this is snake, snake bird. bird hey welcome
0: listeners we're glad that you're joining us today for what i would call a special edition of the snake bird podcast In all of our time together, our goal is to look at life as a whole through the lens of a snake bird and in wisdom and gentleness take application from the things that we observe, especially biblical principles and characters. So today we're excited to bring you something completely new. Check this out. Who do you think you are? Who? So,
1: tell us about yourself. Who are you?
0: you you no not me you yeah i am you just answer the questions who are you
1: now say my name
0: that's right welcome to this special edition of snakebird profiles asking who are you taking a look at some individual character in the bible stephen who are we
1: profiling today he is the man, but no legend. We are talking about David. Yes, David who slew Goliath. This is King David, who we will be examining for this first snake bird profile. You know, talk about starting on a on a
0: small scale, right? <laughs> I think uh, when we were talking and I was preparing for this, I'm like, David is, he's kind of like the biggest Bible character you can choose outside of Jesus because there's like two and a half Bible books that refer to him and of course we know him for so many different reasons and I want to remind our listeners that as we do these profiles what we're hoping to pull out of them is examining the highs and lows of their lives and then what we can learn from how they reacted or what they did or what they didn't do and so as we go King David is of course going to be the first of many that we'll look at but I'd like to start talking about David because I mean, he's kind of got that giant thing that happens in his life. And then, of course, some <laughs> other things. And, and I thought, how? what better way to start with King David than to identify him by some of the different titles that he has? Because, you know, we live in an, an age where everybody talks about, oh, my title is doctor, my title is professor, my title is um, worker, architect, whatever yeah. it might be. King David, over the course of his life, It almost seems like he had his hand in in virtually kind of anything that he was doing. So um, I'll start us off. One of his titles, kind of a cool one. He was a warrior.
1: He was a warrior. And then I will, since we're talking about highs and lows, he was also a nobody shepherd boy at one point.
0: That's right. Yeah. Um, Okay. This is one of my favorites because of all the songs and, and music that he wrote. He was a poet.
1: Yes, he was a great musician. Yeah, he could he could shred. He could shred the guitar and settle fits from King Saul. <laughs> I mean, he <laughs> was pretty good. Yeah.
0: I would love to see, like, what a liar, you know, the instrument that he played looked like in the hands of this kid, this harp or whatever he, yeah. was, he was out there
1: working on. It would be akin to Stevie Ray Vaughan's pit guard, I oh. imagine. You know, just <laughs> so much wear. All yes, right. Okay. All right. Continuing. All right. He was a great hunter as well. He uh, slew a lion and a bear. I mean, think about what that would have took. Yeah.
0: He, w- he ended up being um, a man of war or even like a, a general,
1: Yeah. Yeah. He ran for his life at times. Yeah. A fugitive. Yeah. Um, He was an armor bearer. He was. He was a philanthropist at
0: one point. Okay. You lost me. No, uh, that means for those of you out there, (laughs) that means somebody who gives. And um, there's a really neat story where he helps out um, a friend of his son named Mephibosheth and try to say that six times fast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is a really crazy. It's an awesome story. We'll get into it. Uh, he was a man of faith, he was, and then there was a darker side of David, yeah that um if you keep reading throughout scripture, you will come to the uh, point where where he uh, meets Bathsheba in an unfortunate way, and he you find out he's an adulterer,
0: mm-hmm, and going down that path eventually led him to become a murderer,
1: yeah, and it's you know it's crazy because it doesn't matter who you are. Um, likely you're gonna be able to relate to David at some point in his life. Yeah. And there's so many ups and downs. Some people say, I'm you know, I'm no saint, but I'm not a murderer. <laughs> David was both. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. in a in a sense. But And even looking at his life again
0: for application, we see that because of the way that he went, he also became a bad parent. Yeah. He yep. neglected to deal with some issues that were happening with his kids.
1: Mm-hmm. He had a bad relationship with his wife as well at a, at a time. Yeah.
0: Ago. Did you know that he was also a DoorDash delivery boy? You're kidding. I, I can establish it. It's biblical. I know <laughs> it sounds have crazy. You're going to give me
1: an address with that
0: one. <laughs> I'm not sure if he worked for Postmates or DoorDash, but <laughs> he was definitely doing that for um, for a couple instances. You know what my favorite title for David is, though? What's that? And And it's... This is so God because it's mentioned bef- It's mentioned in the Bible before he even is known, before we even know about who David is. It's in First Samuel 13 uh, when Saul, David's predecessor, is doing some crazy stuff. God says, um, we've moved on. The kingdom is going to be taken away from your hands now, and I'm going to go after an individual who has a heart after God's. And, and he was called a man after God's own heart. That's yeah, quite a title. And I think it it really is because I think over all of his life, whether it was the highs or the lows, the good or the bad, I think that was the rudder that always led him back. Even when he sinned, even when he fell, always led him back to following hard after what God had. and. And why we can call his reign in Israel or his life uh, such a success was that because he was a man that kept coming back after God's heart.
1: Yeah, well said, well said.
0: And so, um, okay, so we're looking at that. I think we should start with um, a small story about David, you know, one that involves a giant. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Very good. Yes. Everyone has likely heard of David and Goliath. If you went to Sunday school as a kid, it's probably one of the first characters that you had heard of. But, um, yeah, let's, let's get into that. David, he was, he was kind of a nobody shepherd boy. Um, one of eight sons by a man named Jesse out in the country. Yeah. And, um, he got brought into uh, the presence of King Saul. And how did that kind of lead into this this big battle day where David got introduced to the situation? Well, OK, so, you know, you never know
0: when God has has his hands on somebody. And it was obvious from the moment that we meet David that he's something special. And I love the story of Samuel showing up where he's just come off this disappointment of this failure of Saul who seemed like he had it all together. It's this dude who's good looking, it says, and head and shoulders above the rest of Israel. I mean, he should have been the center on the basketball team if they had basketball back then. Mm-hmm. And and Samuel is probably so discouraged because he's coming off of this dude who failed so epically that God said, no. We're, we're replacing you. We, we tried it Israel's way. We went for the guy that was the best looking. We went for the guy that looked like he had all this stuff together. We're going to go with somebody else. And remember, Samuel showed up. And the minute he saw David's oldest brother, yeah. Samuel was like, yes, God, this is the yeah. man. And yeah. God goes, no, no, no. Yeah, What do I do? I look at the heart and I don't mm. look. At the appearance, the outward appearance, and I, my friend, tells this story, and I love the way he tells it. Is that they get, you know, and it's number one. No, that's not him. Number two, though, no, that's not him. Number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven, and then finally, uh, Samuel's like, "Guys, we are not eating until I anoint this king." And they're like, "Is there anyone else?" And they're like, "There's David. Oh my gosh, that kid's annoying." And he's out in the field and and Samuel's like, we're not sitting down to eat the barbecue until you get him. And then finally David comes and he's like, "All like, what do you guys want, you know? And um, he wasn't even thought of. And the next thing you know, he's being anointed as the king of Israel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that had to been quite a, quite a deal to be walking in from the pasture, tending to the livestock and. You got your brother, Jason Momoa, over there that just got rejected by Samuel. And he's like, no, this is the dude. I'm
0: Aquaman.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, it's quite a situation if you picture it. David, he's the least of his brothers in his father's house, and he's the one. He's the one.
0: Yeah. And then almost immediately, he's called into service by King Saul Because Saul, at this point, he's starting to go a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. He is having trouble um, relaxing. He's got a distressed spirit. And they call David in as a musician. And any time that he's playing, it's like the spirit of the Lord is moving through him. And it's causing Saul to get some relief from whatever is bothering him. And so David's able to um, relieve that. And I bring you to the first instance where David is a door dash deliverer because it says that David, in verse 20 of chapter 16, says, And Jesse took a donkey, loaded it with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them by his son David to Saul. Ding dong. That's DoorDash right there. That's Uber Eats. I see that. Because, you know, it. he was taking food. Okay, this I might have gone way too far for that joke to land, but I'm hoping that you're laughing, <laughs> listener, because it made some sense to me. Because he does it again in the next chapter where... um all of a sudden, the Israelites, we're going to get to the story. The Israelites are at war with the Philistines. And of course, we know that there's this giant who comes out and he's challenging them. And he's saying, let's do a one-on-one combat. And so Jesse tells David, he says, hey, take these 10 blocks of cheese to your brothers and report to me what happens from the battle line. So once again, yeah, Uber eats. I'm yeah. just saying.
1: I mean, okay, so... yeah.
0: We're here. We're well finally done. at the good story. We're at, <laughs> we're at the climax of what happens or we're, we're at the lead up.
1: Uh, what
0: happens next?
1: Well, you know, David, he's still, he, um, he's doing his shepherd thing and all that. And his dad's like, you know, bring your brother some food. So he's, he's heading over there. And basically the scene is he walks up on them at this standoff, these two armies, and then Goliath's over there, just hurling, your mom jokes at Israel, just, you know, tearing them down, just making fun of them. Foul. Yeah. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah. You guys are worthless. Just completely going at them. And, um, (laughs) David basically, he, he hears this and, and he sees Israel sitting there not doing anything about it. And he's like, what are you guys doing? We are Israel. We are God's chosen people. And this, uncircumcised Philistine is, you know, got his foul mouth flapping. What are you guys doing? We we are God's people. So David's got this zeal and everyone's probably looking at him like, you shut up, kid. You know, his, <laughs> I mean... his indignation <laughs> yeah. at this
0: is so cool. And then his brother's like, well, you just brought your popcorn to see the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he is literally going, who is this uncircumcised Philistine to stand against the Most High God? Yeah. But you think about it I mean, looking at it from a human standpoint, Goliath we estimate was over nine feet tall.
1: Yeah, that's insane.
0: Yeah, it wasn't like you know <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean they tried to make that same reference or in the movie um Troy where they were like yelling Achilles and it was this huge dude. Yeah. And um but it, it's like one of the things that I'd love to see the recording of in heaven. Yeah. Of what this little shepherd boy look like in reference to this giant
1: warrior. Yeah. I imagine it was a pretty grave situation, honestly. Yeah. I mean, th- this this is no joke. This this is a, a seasoned warrior, a guy that there's no telling how many people he's killed. And David basically comes up and he says, I'll do it. Yeah. And then there's even um,
0: kind of some some rewards on the table, a loot box, if you would, on the table from Saul. Going, hey, anybody that does this, yeah. they get to marry my daughter and they don't have to pay taxes. Yeah. You say a loot box, like an instrument? No, I was thinking like for the kiddos that oh. play video games. Oh, I was thinking a leer like a harp. Oh. My bad. I was like, here's a Les Paul. Yeah, I was. My bad. I, I was trying to like meet up with the kids who are probably never going to listen to this podcast, but <laughs> I was thinking like Loot Crate or something. So, okay. Um, yeah, King Saul is making this huge offering and- that wasn't really the appeal to David at all. No. What he wanted to do was he wanted to say, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna see that this dude gets shut up because of who God is in my life.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he was, you know, David was curious why they didn't feel the same way. Yeah. And so basically Saul's like, all right, if, you, if you're going to do this, you know, here's some armor. And so they, they go through the whole deal where David tries to put that on and that doesn't work. He's yeah. pretty heavy because he's a scrawny little kid.
0: And even the way that he says it is like, I I've never worked in this armor. I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah. So, David, he goes out there and I love what he takes with him because he takes his shepherd's staff and he takes his merse, his man bag. No, he takes his <laughs> um his little his uh pouch and then he goes down to a brook and he pulls out five smooth stones. Yeah. And then he comes to this Philistine, and Goliath looks at him and he goes, "What? You send me
1: a dog?" Yeah. I mean, and this is a this is like I said, a very serious situation because if I remember correctly, the winner of this one-on-one shindig that 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 means that army wins. It does it not? Yeah. So, I mean, it was playing for keeps. Oh yeah, this is like like pinks. Yeah. There someone's walking away with the whole money bag here. See, I went young and you
0: went really old. So <laughs> And I I mean, it's, it's still a show. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. I was thinking, man, I what did I think? I was thinking of um Oh, grease lightning or whatever. Oh,
1: no. Pink slips. Yeah. If
0: they yeah. race their... Oh, okay. Well, they do There's that a in, modern show. They do that in Greece. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm sorry. That's how manly I am as I had to reference a musical.
1: I liked Greece. We're playing for pinks, man. Um, so
0: <laughs> I love that David doesn't even take a sword because he's like, the way that God works, I'll have one in a second. I'm going to borrow Goliath.
1: Oh, that's, yeah, that's... I mean... That's insane. That's yeah. insane thinking.
0: Yeah, he's like, I don't even need a sword. I'm going to have this dude's in a, in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he goes down there and Goliath's like... I mean, okay, I have to read it because it's one of my favorite like speeches you know if you're talking about like epic battle speeches i think of gladiator yeah you know i am maximus aurelius you know and yeah and
1: kings uh, of the armies of the
0: north yes <laughs> husband <laughs> to a murdered wife yeah. father to a murdered son and i will have my revenge yeah. or whatever you know what we do in this life echoes in eternity yeah
1: this is basically david in the higher pitch voice fixing this coming up yeah i mean from a teenager
0: <laughs> um He said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the the Philistines to the birds of the air— And the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And that was it. He was like,
1: Yeah. Talk Uh, about, talk about a faith right there. Yeah. Because I don't know if it's my old age or what, but as an older person, I start, you know, dissecting the situation and being like, what happens if this doesn't work? You know, David just, he has full faith in God Yeah, and he approaches the situation.
0: And I think it's, I think it's neat how much this um, story has made it into pop culture, Yeah. but I also think it's tragic because I also believe that to a degree, it's lessened the amount of faith that is in play of this versus just the tiny guy versus the big guy. Yeah. Because that's the way we look at it is like, okay, now a mom and pop like grocery store is now the David versus Walmart, who's the Goliath. Yeah. But it's really, to me, it's not about the, (laughs) I was going to say the size of the dog in the fight, but it's the size of the fight in the dog. It's really, when I think about it, it's the shepherd versus the giant, but what he doesn't realize is while the giant's looking at this little shepherd boy, he doesn't realize that behind David is the shepherd.
1: Yeah, that's God, crazy.
0: the king, like the one who rules everything, and you've just defiled him, you've called his kids' names, you've spit in their faces, you've cursed at them.
1: yeah. And, and he's sitting over there in, in full, you know, body armor with, a she, you know, the spear, the whole shebang.
0: Yeah. Weighing upwards of a hundred pounds of armor and gear and everything.
1: Yeah. With one little design flaw at the head region, but yeah. about the size of a wall. Yeah. hole, and, and. Well, that's the thing is he
0: thinks I'm invincible. Yeah. And we know that through a series of crazy events, which we might eventually talk about, Mm -hmm. Gath was a place where giants were. Yeah. I mean, his brother was a giant. True story. And um, so they just had this, like, we're invincible mentality. Yeah. Which is so crazy because that's what the enemy often thinks. And that's why God is so great. And that's why faith is so
1: important. Yeah. And that's how God gets the glory. He has these situations where he's like... This is the kind of God that I am. Yeah, not for his, not for his benefit, but for us to see. Yeah. and I think we need to uh, apply this story in so many ways,
0: especially in our, our daily lives, where we're not necessarily going out and I, I t- as a man, it's like I wish that I could go out with a you know a slingshot <laughs> against a giant. because yeah. in a sense, that might be not easier, but it might be easier to draw the line of how things are. But we have to walk by faith in every circumstance, whether it's um, maybe it's a medical um, procedure or maybe it's a diagnosis that somebody's received or maybe it's a financial move or maybe it's a step of faith going, hey, I'm going to step into a different type of ministry or I'm going to talk to my coworker about Jesus for the first time or my, my friend at school, whatever it might be. These are all things that, like David, we have to have that
1: faith that God is going to be with us. Yeah. And that the battle's already his. And that type of faith attracts the eyes of everyone around you. Yeah. Because David, you know, he walked into the situation. He says, why are you guys standing around? You're not doing something I will. He did. And then I think it's at that point when he, when that rock sails through the air and pops Goliath and he hits the ground. Then David does exactly what he said he was going to do. He goes, cuts the dude's head off. I think at that point, everyone in, in Israel's army is just looking at each other. Like what, what's happening here? Yeah. So, something's going on here. Well, and
0: isn't it so cool that it's a rallying cry? Yeah. Cause the next thing you know, I mean, again, I want to picture this or I want to see the image of it. But it seems like all of the armies of Israel are just like now they're juiced. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and they're like, we we can win. We we just systematically won. But the Philistines didn't even live up to their side of the bargain for pinks. Yeah. They were like, we're out. Yep. We gone. And so the next thing you know, it becomes a pursuit and... I don't know if you know this, but David gets ahead. head. Uh, literally, he starts wearing <laughs> Goliath's head on his belt. So they're pursuing, and God used this for a victory. And that's what I think we can take away from that, too, about our faith, is that when we act out in faith and other people see that victory in our lives, sometimes that will spurn them on.
1: Yeah. To move forward. Yeah. And that's that's the amazing part of this particular story is David put his faith completely in God. God made that kind of move through it. And, um, you know, that led... That led to the, to a, an area where David could have started getting a big head. Not No play on words intended there. But, um, he, you know, he really could have. He could have gotten really arrogant because they were singing quite a tune whenever he was entering Jerusalem with Saul. Didn't oh, they? yeah. He was on the top 40. Yeah. Yeah. What was that tune they were singing?
0: Well, um, you know, they... At first, Saul loved it because it, it started with his name. Yeah, yeah. And it said, Saul has slain his thousands. And he was like, I love that refrain. Yeah, you're it right, i It was bigger than Old Town Road. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> but then they came in with the next one that said, but David has slain his tens of thousands. Ooh, there it
1: is. Yeah.
0: And for a guy that already has um, shaky ground, where he's already not self-confident and he's already questioning everything that's going on, and and looking at everyone around him, going, "Hey, you're not on my team." Yeah, that really shook him to his core.
1: Yeah, this was a turning point in two ways. One, Israel in broad daylight saw David, what God did through David, and then Saul saw how they started looking at David. Yeah. So this, this is two major turning points.
0: Yeah. And from there, he tries to play him. Yep. You know, he sends him out on these missions, hoping he's going to die. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He He's sending him to battle constantly. Yeah. He's trying to get him, you know, maybe send him to the front lines. He'll get, he'll get whacked. And I had a good warrior for a while, but he won't be competition anymore.
0: And then David's like, hey, we're not rich and I'm supposed to marry your daughter. I don't have a dowry. Yeah. That mission, we're not even going to get into that because it's a little gross. But yeah. the suicide mission that Saul thinks that he's sending him on is even insane. Oh, yeah. And yet David, he more than doubles what Saul's asking for, yeah. which is hilarious.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's everything that he throws at David because David's got God on his side. It's just the tables are turning Yeah. at each, at each time.
0: Yeah. And so, and then of course he straight up tries to kill him. Uh, yeah. David is back in his presence trying to sue them with the harp or lyre or uh, Old Testament guitar. Yeah. yeah. And he straight up throws his spear at
1: him. Yeah. A couple of times. Yeah, and and David he's um, he's befriended Saul's own son Jonathan. Yeah, and and even Jonathan is recognizing, you know, David is he's God's anointed. Yeah,
0: which is crazy. Another great application application is that when you see God's mo- God moving in someone else's life, that you shouldn't stand in the way, and that you shouldn't necessarily be jealous, but you should pour into them. And we at times need to be like Jonathan, mm-hmm. where if anyone had a reason to hate David, it would have been Jonathan because yeah. he should have been the crown prince. Yeah. that and That's
1: just as much competition for Jonathan as it was Saul. Yeah. More so.
0: Yeah. And yet we find him saying, no, you're going to be king one day. Yeah.
1: I, that's. We I've, can take a lot away from Jonathan. Yeah. That.
0: We need to have the heart of Jonathan. Yeah, And so David flees. And um, it's kind of interesting because it, it correlates correlates with the story about Jesus and the the um disciples or the apostles eating on the sabbath cuz David goes and he gets the the bread yeah. from the priest and he gets Goliath's sword which has just been chilling there and then that's right that's he, right he uh, he ends up fleeing to Gath which is not the best idea. He gets there and they're like, wasn't this the dude that killed Goliath? And yeah. so he has to act crazy, which I have no idea why he went there other than just it was the first place and the furthest away from Saul that he could think of. Yeah, And Saul ends up killing all those priests, which is just more indicative of how far he had strayed
1: from what he originally was supposed to be. And, um, David basically becomes a a cross country runner here. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's going from place to place running and, you know, he fought all those battles with all those, with all those warriors by his side and he kind of got a little following with Mm them. He had about what, 600 men that were, that were kind of going along with him as he fled. It's the start of his
0: wilderness period, uh, 400 men. Oh, 400. Yeah, Yeah. And I, we've talked about this. I mean... Those guys, I think it's so interesting because they were the down and outers and they were the ones that were, they were really unhappy with the way things were, but they came out and they said, we want to be involved with what's going on. We see,
1: uh, that you have a different heart. Yeah. And, and even, even as David's fleeing, um, he still has a heart For people and for, and for God, because he, there's a a town named Keilah that's being raided by the Philistines while he's on the run. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Hey, wait a minute, God, should I, can I go help please? You know, and God's like, go for it. And so he goes down there and he, he delivers the city
0: on the run. And his
1: heart is so
0: expressed in the Psalms as he's writing, like, God, here I am. Just be with me, you know, protect me. Uh, protect our lives because we're on the run and we know that you're still in control. And that was one of the things that encourages me from David is that even in the midst of him having these difficulties, he's still worshiping. He hasn't forsaken God or ran out on him or or felt like vice versa, that God has forgotten him. Yeah, And he has times where he asks God, like, what is going on? But he's truthful with God. And I think that's one of the most awesome things is that David was able to admit at times that he was anxious or he was depressed or he was angry or he was frustrated. Yeah. But it always came back to that sense that, okay, God, I know you're in control and I know you're going to work this out for one reason or another.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's tempting even for us when we're going through a storm and likely none of us have gone through a storm like David was, where you're literally running across the country, trying not to get killed by this army. Yeah. And he, it's tempting for us to say, you know what, I, I just don't got the time or energy to worship. I don't have, I don't, it's not in me. I don't got it. But I've, you know, if we are like David, I've heard from a lot of people that have gone through hard times that they do take the time to get right with God and worship him righteously through hard times. And it's the closest they've ever been to God. That's very true. I mean,
0: a lot of times when we're going through the most difficult thing, God is the
1: closest. And he needs to be the first thing we run to, no matter what we're feeling.
0: Yes. Please don't let feelings dictate where you run. Let the truth dictate where you run. Yeah. You know, David had a couple of interesting opportunities during this wilderness time. I think God, not necessarily testing him, but was allowing to see his heart. Because at two different times, Saul showed up and he must have had the worst guards. Yeah. But two times, (laughs) David had the opportunity
1: to take Saul out. Yeah. I mean, talk about... The irony here, David's on the run and him and his, you know, hundreds of men find this cave. It's a big cave and they're chilling at the very back of it in the shadows. And what do you know? Saul rolls up with his arm and he's like, you know, I got to go take a pee. So (laughs) he says, there's a good cave for it. You see a man about a horse, right? So he (laughs) heads into the cave and, and he's relieving himself. The Bible tells us and his, David's men are whispering. They're like, God has given him. He's to you. I mean, this is your time, and so David he's sitting there and he's he sneaks up on on Saul, but not to kill him like he's being urged to. He he takes a little snippet off his robe. What what happens next? Yeah, uh, both times he
0: confronted Saul, and the sad thing was is both times Saul said, "I've sinned." I messed up. Yeah. I'm not going to pursue you anymore. Yeah. And yet both times it wasn't true.
1: Yeah. It was liar, liar, pants on fire. Yeah. He, was... he holds this. He's, this is a piece of your clothes. I was this close to yeah. you. I could have slit your throat.
0: Yeah. And for a second, he's like, oh, David, you're the more honorable man. Yeah. You could have taken the kingdom right then. Yeah. And yet David said, that's not, that's not right. Yeah. I'm not going to do the right thing
1: the wrong way. I think that speaks to the heart that Saul had. You know, there's a, there's a type of heart that gets, they're they're sorry because they got caught. Yeah. They're not sorry because their heart changed. Yeah. Those are kind of the Lord, Lord, we, we did this in your name crowd. You well, know? I
0: think of even like the um, stick a needle in my eye kind of people. It's like, I'll never lie again. And, yeah. and of
1: course, yeah,
0: you know, and, and lying, it's going to happen. Yeah. But what we have to do is choose to tell the truth. Yeah. And and I again I appreciate that David even though it would have been the right thing it was still the wrong way and I think people have to realize that there are times when you can find vindication for who you are but when it means throwing somebody else under the bus yeah. or tarnishing your character by achieving what you want yeah. it's not right. That's true. And he was willing to to say okay God's on my side I'm not going to I'm not going to defame myself just because of King Saul.
1: Yeah. And that took a lot of wisdom on David's part because you know, there's other instances in the Bible where that could have been a way God was letting David take the throne. Yeah. But David was tuned into God's heart and he said, no, this isn't his timing. I know I'm the anointed King to come, but this isn't his timing. So, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And
0: you know, we chose a big Bible character here, yeah. and I feel like this is probably a great place to kind of wrap up this talk. And I'd like to come, come back next time yeah. and do David part two because part two. we're going to have to do it. Yeah, two. I spent way too much time on David and Goliath, but it's such an awesome story; you can't yeah. help to. Yeah. But um, what if I'd we're like to do—we're going do, to do it justice. Yeah. We got to do it all the way. Yeah. So why don't we? Why don't we finish with just some application? We've we talked about faith. Yeah, we've talked about representing yourself. Right. We've talked about uh, still calling out to God when you're depressed or frustrated or alone or any type of circumstances, but not relying on your feelings. What um, what other application as we close do you see that uh,
1: you'd like to share? Well, the one big one, I just mentioned, you know, waiting on God's timing from the time Samuel confirmed um, that David was going to be the king to the time he actually became king. There was a lot of stuff that happened. Yeah. A lot of times that David could have seized the moment and tried to become king, you know, but David didn't do that. He didn't act impulsively. He didn't do anything outside of God's timing. And that is a hard thing. I don't care who you are. Waiting is not fun. And so waiting on God's timing would be a major one that I see so far.
0: Yeah. And I see that um, in relationships. Yeah. I see that in, in possibly life choices, whether it's like education or whether it's making a move, whatever it might be. Think about it. David had a promise of what God wanted to do in his life. He had to carry that with him for over a decade. Yeah. I think if I remember right, it was somewhere between 13 to 17 years. That's wild. From the time that he was anointed to the time that he was actually established as king.
1: Yeah. That's a lot of time to wait.
0: Yeah. And, you know, um, I have to say that I just was thinking of Psalm 27. Yeah. Where he says, um, wait on the Lord. I mean, he encourages it. He goes like, whatever you do, wait on the Lord. And I think, you know, that came from that.
1: Yeah. That's great. Another thing I'd like to take away, um, on part one here is do it your way. Now I'm going to give what? (laughs) Yeah. I'm going (laughs) to give a disclaimer. Don't worry. Um, the way God has it for you When David decided that he was going to go up against Goliath, Saul said, all right, but if you're going to do this here, wear my armor. And he tried to put on the armor. It didn't fit. It didn't fit. So David did it his way, the way God had for him. And I I can't help but, but give you a quote that's really hit my heart over the years by Peter John Corson. He says, There will be King Saul's in your life, men and women, that will say, do it the way I would do it. Here, wear my armor. But if the armor doesn't fit, don't wear it. Not out of arrogance, but by God's grace, I'll do it my way. And I think that that is so important to to just grab hold of and make your own because each of us, our relationship with God is a unique fingerprint. There's Mm -hmm. a collective, but there's an individual. And you should do it the way God has it planned for you in His grace, His timing. So those are some major things that I see in this part one.
0: Yeah, I think there's pigeonholes and carbon copy instructions that people try to follow. Yeah, formulas. Uh, Yeah, even in um, church growth or in personal growth that it's like, well, you have to do it this way because this is how I did it and this was what worked for me. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to get up and read your Bible at five in the morning every day for three hours or whatever it might be. And while that might work for that person, and it might work exceptionally well, it may not be the thing that you connect with. Exactly. Maybe your your thing is, hey, I'm a night owl, and I connect with God way better at night, mm-hmm. and my mind is a lot clearer, and I have a lot more time to pray. Whatever it might be, that that path, you can't let somebody just set you on necessarily. You have to do it the way that God calls you to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And. You know, David is a perfect example of that. And I love the armor bearer mess, you know, that story because of him being like, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And look what God did.
1: Yeah. He went out there and, you know, just, just kids shepherd attire and and a sling. And he took down a seasoned veteran giant warrior. And God knew how it was going to work out. But to me, the carnage of if David lost because he
0: wore the armor.
1: Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It Think about that.
0: Nasty. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because down the line Jesus is from David's lineage. Yeah. So there would have been a massive shift in the plan <laughs> yeah. had David worn the other, you know, Saul's Time armor. For plan B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. God's like, "Don't worry, I got this." Yeah. So, yeah. What an awesome application. Um, What an awesome half a profile. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Because, again, we chose a Bible character who has so much to talk about. And we're not even into when he's been uh, crowned king yet. And so come back next time, please, because we believe that there's more to say and there's more to... Um, acknowledge and encourage and um, exhort and learn from, all those things. And so we want to um, ask, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast and then connect with us. You can connect with us on Facebook. You can also connect to us uh, by our website, which is basnakebird.com. And if you want to send us an email, go ahead and send us an email at connect at We'd love to hear anything that you have to say, like feedback or uh,
1: like any uh, topics that you want us to get into. And yeah. And and if this podcast is, has done, done well for you, please share it with your friends on social media or however, because uh, our goal is to move forward to the snake bird podcast and um, discover the truth. Yeah, that would be
0: fantastic. So always remember, whatever you do, wherever you go, No matter what life throws
1: at you, there's never been a better time to follow the words of Jesus and be Be a snake bird. bird.